Pelicans suffered a humiliating defeat this week in the George Santos special election for the seat that, of course, was given up by Santos when he was expelled from Congress last year. Republicans thought they had this in the bag, right? I mean, it's the Republicans from the district or from the area who initiated the expulsion. We're taking care of our own garbage. And voters said, no, we're, we're actually going to go with the Democrat because according to a lot of the exit polls, Republicans don't know how to govern. Not to mention you put up an extremist candidate who basically said all of the things that we hate. So we're going with the Democrat Tom Swasey. Uh, so Swasey, excuse me, Donald Trump got on truth social shortly after the results of the election came out to, as usual, make it all about him. Yes. The problem with that election, Donald Trump says is that they didn't love him enough and the Republicans were not showing the MAGA freaks, the respect that he says they deserve. Here is the absolutely unhinged message Donald Trump put on truth social following that electoral defeat. Republicans just don't learn, but maybe she was still a Democrat. I have an almost 99% endorsement success rate in primaries and a very good number in the general elections as well. But just watch this very foolish woman, Mozzie, uh, 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 Melissa Pillip running in a race where she didn't endorse me and tried to straddle the fence when she would have easily won if she understood anything about modern day politics in America. MAGA, which is most of the Republican party, stayed home and it always will unless it is treated with the respect that it deserves. I stayed out of the race. I want to be loved. Give us a real candidate in the district for November. Suozzi, I know him well, can be easily beaten. All right. Let's, uh, let's start at the beginning. I have a 99% success rate with primaries. No, you don't like that's not even close to reality. And then you're like, and also very good in the general in general elections, Donald Trump's success rate for candidates that he endorses, uh, they have a less than 50% chance of winning. Even if they were ahead before the endorsement, once he endorses, they typically drop below 50%. So your endorsement is a kiss of death. And your record in the primaries, I will give you this, is slightly better, but it's still not good. And the MAGA freaks, by the way, did not stay home. What they did is they didn't do the early voting, which is where Democrats absolutely slaughtered the Republicans. And they didn't do the early voting or the vote by mail because you're specifically telling them not to. So yes, you could have been the one to cost the Republicans this seat in the house. So that's the first point. And second point, the third one, I got to address this when he just screams in the middle of this, I want to be loved. Don't we all, I mean, isn't that all anybody can ask for in life? Like, don't we just all want to be loved? Um, weird thing to say, but it tells us exactly what Donald Trump feels all of the time. He wants to be loved because his narcissism says people have to love me. That's why he didn't give an endorsement there. He wasn't loved. She tried to straddle the fence as he says, and no, by the way, she didn't. She was running as a hardline right wing conservative, you know, anti-abortion pro tax cuts, all that crap. So (laughs) the only thing she didn't do was come out there and say, Donald Trump, I love you. I love you with all of my heart. Please give me your endorsement. It wouldn't have helped. Because overall, it wasn't a matter of loving or not loving Donald Trump. 
it came down to the fact that voters are looking at the Republican Party in Congress right now, and they're seeing that they're either getting nothing done or the few things they are getting done, like impeaching Alejandro Mayorkas as this election was going on, are very stupid. So general discontent with Republicans. And by the way, in other special elections that also happened on Tuesday, Democrats overperformed. We're starting to see a pattern here, right? All these pollsters tell us Democrats freak out because things are so bad for you. No, it's actually not showing up in any special election that we have had over the last year and a half. Hmm. Weird, isn't it? It's almost like those pollsters are trying to sell a narrative so that people keep buying into their idiotic polling, right? Well, whatever the narrative, whether it's she didn't love Trump enough or the pollsters are pushing false information on us, either way, Democrats are winning, Republicans are losing, and that's always a good thing for this country. If you want to know how badly Lauren Boebert is performing in her new district, which by the way, does have a primary coming up now in less than a month. So in less than a month, Lauren Boebert might be a lame duck in Congress, but either way, you want to know how bad she's doing? Put it to you this way. There was a primary debate in her district. One of the most high profile Republicans in this country because of her absurdity and her actions, Lauren Boebert, lover or hater, is a high profile Republican. She had a primary debate this week on Monday night and nobody noticed. Nobody noticed that this very high profile Republican who is generally disliked around the entire country, nobody even noticed that she had a debate that night. Nobody cared. The media outlets didn't seem to even feel like it was necessary to report it. A couple did. One of them, of course, being the Colorado Sun, because, you know, it's in Colorado, it's a big deal. But what happened on that stage this past Monday night was actually even worse for Bobert than what happened in the debate a couple weeks ago. Now, a couple weeks ago, all the other candidates on stage spent a lot of time just beating the hell out of Lauren Bobert. You know, they, they got her pretty good in the straw poll at the end, you know, she is in fifth place, but Monday night, they didn't do that. In fact, according to the report from the Colorado Sun, Lauren Bobert was largely ignored. Only one other candidate on that stage on Monday night made any kind of comment at all about Bobert, and he didn't even mention her by name. Here is what that candidate said. Uh, Chris Fellon. He, uh, he said, are you sick and tired of people that are coming to Congress just to get more social media hits? I am. And that's what I think that someone up on this stage is doing. Beyond that, nothing. They didn't think she was worth addressing. Do you realize how bad that is for Lauren Boebert? She is obviously the most recognized person in that race. She has name recognition from coast to coast, border to border in this country. Everybody knows who she is. But these other Republican candidates up on that stage thought so little of her, viewed her as so little of a threat that only one of them even said anything about her at all. And that was to take a shot at her without even mentioning her by name. That doesn't bode well for Bobert. It shows that her competitors do not think she is worth their time. They do not think she is a threat at all. And given the fact that the media didn't even bother reporting on the fact that there was a debate Monday night, it shows that 
pretty much everybody's moved on from Lauren Boebert. I do think, I genuinely believe at this point that Boebert's career in politics as an elected official, at least is over. I think we're going to get to that primary early next month. Boebert's going to lose and she'll finish out her term and that's going to be it. Whether she stays in the conservative movement or not, that's going to remain to be seen. Personally, I don't think she has the uh, charisma and let's be honest, intelligence to keep her career in politics, whether as a pundit, a speaker or whatever, she doesn't have it. Like it's not going to continue. She'll get some, you know, appearances here and there, probably a lot to start with after she leaves office. Kind of like Carrie Lake, by the way. Carrie Lake, after she lost her gubernatorial election in Arizona in 2022, she was featured at every single conservative event, constantly in the media. You couldn't get away from her. And then after time, after, you know, the next year, less and less and less and fewer appearances. And that's probably what's going to happen to Bobert. That's hopefully what's going to happen to Bobert. She seems to have a lot of problems back home, quite literally, that she really needs to address. So maybe it's for the best for her and her family if she just goes ahead and loses this primary so she can focus on things in her personal life that actually matter. Marjorie Taylor Greene, as per usual, is very angry about something. And this time, this week, she is angry about this past weekend's episode of the Larry David show on HBO, Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's right, Marjorie Taylor Greene has now picked a fight with a sitcom because she just apparently has nothing better to do. What pissed Marjorie Taylor Greene off with this past weekend's episode is that, uh, I don't watch the show, but this is what I've read. Um, Larry David was in the state of Georgia for the show. He gives a woman a bottle of water while she's waiting in line to vote. And obviously in Georgia, that is now against the law. So the character of Larry David on the program finds himself in trouble with the law. There's some other things, including him having to go door to door to get people to sign a petition. And at one point, uh, there's guy in like a MAGA hat, I guess. So they depicted the MAGA people as they are. And that is what pissed Marjorie Taylor Greene off to the point where she got on social media and had this to say, this is a glaring reminder of why most Georgians resent Republicans in our state for inviting the nasty commies from California, the Hollywood elites into our state by dishing out Hollywood tax credits. This week's episode lied and painted Georgia conservatives and Trump supporters as racists and rednecks and made fun of our good new law that stops the Stacey Abrams vote pandering machine and prevents voter fraud. Now she continues, I'm going to get to that, but let's, let's digest what she just said there. It prevents voter fraud. Like I can't go to Georgia if people are waiting in line and give them a bottle of water. I'll go to jail for that. And that somehow prevents voter fraud. Like giving that person a bottle of water or a cookie is voter fraud. That, that makes no sense. You are so dumb. Like you are so dumb that it actually just pisses me off to think about how dumb you are, Marjorie. And those Hollywood commies, for the love of God, can you open up a fucking thesaurus and come up with a new attack on everybody you don't like? Can you just stop calling them communists? Is that the only word your little tiny bird brain knows? My God, you go back to the fifties when that was actually an insult. Nobody cares about it these days. 
Jesus Christ. I'm sorry. Like th- she is so dumb that it, it creates this visceral reaction in me that I, I, I just, I almost can't function because she's so dumb for the record. You know what? I'm going to stay on this for a second. Do you know And yes, by the way, Hollywood has been doing a lot of stuff in Georgia. The MCU has filmed a lot of stuff in Georgia. It's a great place to film. Do you know what all this Hollywood filming in Georgia has brought into that state? The latest numbers from the year 2022 show that uh, Hollywood spending in Georgia generated $4.4 billion in revenue for the state of Georgia. And here she is calling these people spending billions of dollars in her backyard, creating thousands and thousands of jobs. She hasn't created a single job in her life. Those people from Hollywood that she calls commies created thousands of jobs, generated $4 billion plus dollars in economic activity in her state. And she hasn't done a damn thing for the state of Georgia in her entire life. I digress. And she continued. We in Georgia are fed up with disgusting Hollywood and their disgusting values and elite judgment in our state that is trying to turn Georgia blue. And we expect our Republican-controlled state leaders to protect Georgia from the radical left, not continually legislate away for in for them, which is slowly handing Georgia over to the Democrats. Take it from me as I fight against Democrats in Washington and their radical, evil, and America-last policies. I can tell you firsthand that we in Georgia need to step and do more to protect Georgia. Protect Georgia from what? From the economic activity that's coming from the people in Hollywood? Protect them from what, Marge? From the jobs that are being created because of all the money Hollywood is spending in Georgia? You want to send your state back to the bottom of the list of, of, of states in this country in terms of poverty? You know, you want to make it worse? You want to take money out of people's pockets by sending Hollywood back to California? Because that's what you're fighting against. Hollywood has been a godsend for the state of Georgia that for far too long has been last or near the last, by the way, in the country, in terms of revenue, in terms of health, in terms of every indicator that matters, that shows that there is progress. Hollywood is actually helping to move Georgia up. Marjorie Taylor Greene wants to take you back down a few notches. That's what you get with Marge. That's what you get with Republicans. Backwards motion instead of forward progress. It's safe to say at this point that every investigation that the House Republicans have launched into both Hunter Biden and President Joe Biden has been a complete and total unmitigated disaster for them. Not only have all of their star witnesses basically refuted every point they tried to make, but the public also views these investigations into Joe Biden as 100% politically motivated. So how are Republicans responding to the fact that the public is sick and tired of their idiotic investigations? Well, they've decided to launch another investigation, of course, this time into President Biden's brain. According to a new report from Axios this week, Republicans in the House of Representatives have demanded that the Department of Justice hand over information regarding the investigation into President Biden's handling of classified documents spearheaded by Special Prosecutor Robert Herr and... They want Robert Herr to come testify to the House Judiciary Committee, led, of course, by Jim Jordan. They have three things they want to discuss with that special prosecutor who was a former Trump appointee. 
They want to ask one, the national security implications of Biden's document storage when he was out of office two, the president's fitness for office and three, the justice department's handling of the investigation. Fitness for office. You know, I got to hand it to Republicans. Obviously Biden's gaffes that he's had recently where he's like, yeah, I was just talking to this guy a couple years ago. Okay. Well, he actually died two and a half decades ago. Um, that's a big deal. It's a big deal for voters. Polls show it's a big deal for voters. So this is not something we can ignore and pretend it doesn't exist. He is forgetful, but he is an old, old man that has been doing this for a long time. He hasn't showed necessarily signs of dementia. He hasn't shown signs of psychosis of any form, unlike Donald Trump, but Biden's mental gaffes are a big thing with the public right now, more so than Trump's because Biden is currently the president. So Republicans are trying to capitalize on that. So they're going to have this hearing where Robert Herr put in his final report, all these political attacks on Biden's memory, and they're going to make him say those things out loud on camera for the public to see. That's what this is about. And to be honest, as a political strategy, because this has no real investigatory uh, uh, reasoning here, um, for political purposes, it's, it's not a bad idea. If I were a Republican, this is what I would also do. And I'll tell you what really pisses me off about it, other than just the fact that this is clearly to humiliate Biden, is the fact that Democrats should have done this same shit when they had the majority about Donald Trump. All those mental health professionals that wrote that book together, The Dangerous Case of Donald J. Trump, they should have just called those people into office. I'm not into office, into the house, into a hearing, and just put it all on the record that Donald Trump is mentally unfit to serve as president of the United States. They could have done it, and they didn't, because Democrats always want to stay above the fray. Sometimes you got to get down and dirty, and you got to fight in the mud. Republicans know that it doesn't always work for them. In fact, the last few years, it hasn't worked for them at all. This one might. That's what's so scary about it because they're trying to capitalize on a fear that's already in the brains of the American public. So this is a big deal. They could absolutely do some damage to president Biden. Who's once again, back ahead in the polls. But if they're successful with this, It might put Trump on top, even though Trump's brain is far worse than Biden's. Republicans know what they're doing here, and that could benefit them tremendously. Thanks for listening to today's Fair and Balanced Daily. Stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on YouTube at youtube.com slash fairandbalanced and follow me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at fairandbalanced. Balanced.